Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and I'm a psychiatrist in private practice and faculty member at the University of Virginia. Each week, my guests and I talk about meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We discuss synchronicity from its many perspectives, spiritually, practically, and statistically. Why? To increase your connection to coincidences so that you can benefit from coincidence awareness in your daily life. I have written a book also called Connecting with Coincidence. You can put the phrase Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser to find my book, Psychology Today blog, website, and social media sites. If you want to know how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence Survey. Connecting with Coincidence, Synchronicity, Spoken Here. Our guest today is David Strabola, who is currently working full-time as a juvenile office counselor for Clay County, Missouri. He specializes with troubled youth families for the last 20 years. He's also currently a part-time storyteller teacher with healing programs for veterans and first responders suffering PTSD. He has created the award-winning feature documentary, uh, came out in 2014, What is Synchronicity? And this, I'm in this movie, and it's been a pleasure to watch David go from just taking some, uh, some film of me on my back porch in Columbia, Missouri, talking about Jung and Freud and synchronicity and mind and brain, and see what's happened to this movie. It keeps going. Uh, why should a guy who works as a juvenile office counselor for Clay County, Missouri, be doing this, putting together an enormous amount of effort and people to create a movie about synchronicity? And he had his ideas when we, we, we've talked before. But David, now that you look back at where you've come, with your awards for your movie and the people who've come to you and praised it and talk with you about it and the, and the public speaking that you've been able to do as a result. Why did you do this? Looking back, what made you do this? Uh, it's great to be with you again, Bernie. First of all, uh, thanks for having me back on your program. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know the full answer to your question there. Um, I would say I was, I, th I think it's evolving. That's what I think it is. It's part, yeah. of, it's part of your life evolution. I, I when, think so. When you get so deeply involved with uh, synchronicity, as I also am, uh, it becomes part of your life. And my book and radio show and stuff I'm doing is like media things that keep happening. And you have a movie, a very good movie, and it's influencing you and l teaching you more about who you are and telling you, at least to some degree, why you did this. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it was just responding to various subtle uh, messages, you might say, or uh, whether it's uh, suggestions, dreams, intuitions, that sort of thing. And I think another guidepost for me was uh, at some point I realized I couldn't not do it. Uh, that's, been, that's been the case for... Well, I, I, re I realized that kind of from our last discussion, yeah. but now that you've done it, 
And now that you had intuitions and coincidences and people telling you this is something to do, when you look back from now, not from like next year, but from now, how come you did it now? What makes you, what's made, how come you think you did it? Um, because I think there's something that needs to be put out there into the world about it. And yeah. you and I are both doing that in, in our ways. And yes. I, uh, so I've, uh, it's fascinating to link with other people who have that same focus and mentality. So, uh, I've just been taking one step after another. And I think the, since the movie was done, the next step for me was to, uh, be more open to my extroverted side and to marketing various th ways. And just to get comfortable with that, uh, even to be on a radio program, that sort of thing. So a lot of it was kind of pre preparation for my soul, you might say, to uh, do the next step. But it's just it's part of a string of um, energy, you might say, that I that just keeps going and I tr or maybe a wave that I keep doing my best to ride with. Yeah, that's that's more what I'm talking about. It, it, personality wise, it's made you become more extroverted yeah. doing a movie, uh, made you market yourself, which is not an easy thing for you to do because you're a pretty humble guy and you don't like to advertise yourself very much. You're you're a big helper, particularly youth in trouble and their families. Uh, you've been doing that for a long time. So you've been you've been sub subserving it, shall I say, to the needs of others, which you still are in doing this, but in getting out to do this movie and doing your thing with it, it's made you have to talk more about yourself. I, I can feel you being more confident on this uh, show than you were the last time, uh, where it took you a long time to get used to the idea of even doing a show and then preparing for it. This one looks like you have more ease in doing it. That's true. I do feel more comfortable with it. Uh, I think part of, uh, since you mentioned about teenagers again, uh, one of the ways that I've focused on helping them is to help them be aware of going through a passage of growing up or what could be called an initiation, a transformation. And I think I was kind of going through that in my own way with them, you might say. And um, I think that's that's what drives me so much about synchronicity is it has to do uh, with, in my way of thinking and experience with help with transforming people to be who they're really meant to be. And that's what this is doing for you. Yes. This has been a rite of initiation for you. Exactly. And what are you being initiated into David? Um, I don't, I think part of it is you don't know when you're going through it, what you're being initiated into precisely. I could, I could try to take some stabs at it, but, um, uh, that's the best they would be at this point. So well, I think, well, yeah. some of this, some of this would be, um, the, the thing that, uh, that healers have to go through quite often, mm -hmm. which is, which is trial by fire uh, yeah. of, of some kind of test. Um, sometimes it's an illness. Sometimes it's an experience in the world. Um, sometimes it's out in the jungle of wherever you are, uh, where you get purified somehow, where mm -hmm. some of, a lot of your ego gets dissolved, um, where you become more spiritually aware, you become more fluid in the way in which you interact with your environment environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's quite true. Uh, I mean, I can think back um, to one of the moments uh, when I was uh, in the process of getting the film out there. I had just completed it just for an example of the kind of fire test you talk about. Um, I needed to put together a certain kind of a file for it to be shown at a movie theater. And um, the person who was helping me with it wasn't available. We had an error as we were producing that uh, communication breakdown as far as the file format. And so suddenly I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to have this thing ready for the theater. And there are tickets already sold for it. And I, I was beginning to panic about that. And But I, I just kept driving on, like trying to find somebody who knew how to do that kind of computer work to make that kind of file. And um, as it turned out, as luck would have it, at the last minute, the theater um, person said to me, well, it turns out we don't need to have, I think I believe it was called a DCP package. And um, instead, we can work from a, a DVD, which I, you know, was easy. I already had that. So it was, um, you know, it kind of solved itself. But in the time I was going through that, I was just about ready to stand on a street corner and shout out, does anybody know how to make a DCP? And uh, I, I just about did that at the Apple 
Apple store trying to find somebody. <laughs> so, so uh, that that was a real fiery test where it was my version of, re- you know, I would do anything for that baby to to make sure that it made it to where it needed to go. So, it's moments like that that uh, you never know what's going to call you. What did it do for you? Uh, it, it deepened my connection. It deepened my. Um, uh, to to the project, to the movie, and to life, just to say there are things worth fighting for, even if I look a little bit silly or extreme in trying to uh, uh, make happen what what's needed. I, I think what uh, I learned from experiences like that is that it's much better to be calm in the midst of the storm rather than reacting with uh, with amygdala driven that's yeah. part of our brain that is interested in anxiety that's activated in anxiety that uh, keep that amygdala keep our anxiety down because the anxiety um, decreases the capacity to see alternatives to see where possibilities might lie yes. and and there what you found was lying right in front of you was the answer um, that you didn't have to go on a street corner, that mm-hmm. what you needed was right in front of you. There's a lot of stories about people uh, traveling all over the world looking for that mysterious, wonderful thing that's going to transform their lives, and they often find it right under the doorstep of their house. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's and that's what you seem to have done. Yeah, I, I was at that point, that was, uh, I believe, in 2015. And I was kind of in the middle of, of being somewhat calm. But in, on the other hand, there was still a little bit of that kind of panic, as you talk about. So it was a measuring stick for me as well to see uh, how far I had come in some respects. But yeah, that's that good. There, was, there was still some, some ways to go with uh, dealing with anxiety. Yeah, and that those kinds of experiences help clean you up. Yes. It's a trial by fire. You see how far you've come, which is what you just mentioned, and uh, what else you need to be able to do. This is something that I keep learning to be able to do is to stay with what I've got. And so this movie experience is for you. It is something for you to learn from your by yourself for yourself, and that's that's part of the reason of my question is is to wonder. It's about impact on you, and we're coming to the end of this segment, and we're going to be able to talk about some of that impact on you and how it's helping you develop. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and our guest, David Strabola. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like x-zone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have SimulTV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome back to CC with BB. Connecting with coincidence. And our guest today is David Strabler, who helps troubled youth and has been doing it for a long time. And uh, out of those experiences and others, Got to got, put himself in a position of creating an excellent movie on synchronicity. And we've been talking about how it's affected him personally. But there's another part of how it's affected you personally. Um, it has to do with uh, um, experiences about the impact of your own development, artistic development, on the community at large. Uh, an excellent question. Carl Jung and Arnold Toynbee um, had the ideas about social meaning and inner work. Um, the idea of seeing how Toynbee and Jung talked, uh, were, were dealing with two aspects of something that come together, uh, inner work and social meaning. Because So how do you think the value of building a community is related to synchronicity and artistic experience? Um, yeah, it's a great question. And this is another example of, of some information that I gathered or that came to me with such interesting timing. Um, and it's actually, as you were describing that, uh, this is in a book by one of the people in my film, uh, Gary Sparks, J. Gary Sparks, who's a Jungian analyst. And um, I kind of stumbled upon it through a, a DVD where he was speaking at the Society in, of Jungians in St. Louis. And then that led me to his book. But uh, to me, that's what gives so much meaning right now for our world and society is the idea that if people can get more in touch with the creative side of themselves, uh, what's inside that sort of wants to come out, um, the unlived life that's waiting for you, that kind of idea, then that um, has an expansive effect on the rest of society. It's not that everybody has to do that. It's, it's people that are maybe especially gifted in that area, but to have them uh, wake up to that and to be respected by other people and sort of followed then by um, uh, by other uh, by much of the rest of society. But right now that seems to be, you know, in his book, he talks about how that's uh, not not very strong. There, there are ways in which that um, uh, we should be concerned about that and try to feed that creative impulse uh, inside us. Let's say uh that's going on out there. As I deal with uh, younger people, um, I, I get to see patients who are uh, UVA students um, uh, and learn from them. Uh, one of my patients um, just yesterday told me that she took some LSD, uh, which is now getting more um, 
more positive press as it kind of did in in the 60s, even though it turned to be a negative uh, drug by the federal government. It, it became a very controlled substance. Uh, work at um, Johns Hopkins now and psilocybin is showing how it can help people who are in in the who are dying, people who are depressed. Old work with alcoholism shows that psychedelics can be very helpful in helping people transform in a good direction. And I was surprised to hear this young woman tell me that uh, during her acid experience, she lost identity as a, as a girl, as a young woman, as a, as a person uh, with a name. She was a no-name entity, she described herself as being, and just a, a, traveling through the universe. And this is not an uncommon experience of people uh, taking uh, LSD or having mystical experiences through other means. And it struck me that here was a person, and she can't be the only one, at age 21, who is opening up to the spiritual in her daily life and sharing it with some of her friends so that I, I have optimism about younger people who understand that they have to take drugs like this under controlled circumstances, which she did, but who is opening up to her inner work in the way that I think we're talking about. Yes. Um, and there's so many ways right now that uh, I think young people are um, allowing something deeper to emerge. Uh, certainly uh, what's going on with the high school students in Florida after that shooting and that has spread, you know, throughout the country. Um, you know, people are, are going to have different opinions ar around all that, but it certainly is uh, sparking a lot of conversation and it certainly has them um, their energy really moving. And, and I think that's uh, a lot of times I, I believe in, in cultures when something new is needed, it often comes from the younger people. And unfortunately, we generally don't um, have a lot of respect for young folks. And I think that's uh, too bad. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, that will grow. And, and it doesn't mean that they're always right about everything or whatever. They certainly have certain maturing to do, but they offer us imagination that otherwise uh, might not um, be there in, in those of us that are older. Well, they're, they're right about this one. I mean, it's, it's too obvious to, to, uh, to not look that uh, too many guns is too bad. It's what happens when people have access to guns, period. It's and the gun lobby knows that. That's why they're re repressing any kind of uh, research in guns as a as a public health hazard. But the the kids are right, and they know it, uh, and they're talking about trying to save their own lives. But here, that's an external cultural variable. What we're talking about here is the inner journey that some of these kids might go on. The way my my patient, who's going to go do the anti uh, anti NRA uh, march that is going on in Washington, D.C. this Saturday. So she's converting some of what she feels is necessary into behavior, but it's also a part of knowing her own self and expanding her own awareness. And I, I know there's something right about what you're saying about how inner change can help of the society around us. And I wonder what you think about how that works, because you're going through an interchange just in the process of doing this movie and carrying it out to the public. And that's a direct way that you're helping people start tuning into the inner outer connection. And how, how do you think that works with other people in other circumstances, including you, uh, where, where your interchange somehow affects, how does that work? Interfect mm -hmm. affects the outer world. We're therapists. We want to know how it works. Yeah. Well, I'm right on kind of on the cusp of learning about that. Um, and one of the things that's mentioned by Toynbee and in Gary Spark's book is the idea that whoever is going to go out there with their material in, into society needs to have done their inner work first and that whatever they learn from that inner work uh, the idea is to connect it to a, a very similar aspect out in society. 
and and that way it's more authentic. It's going to uh, not just be some projection of stuff that's unfinished inside the individual, which of course then can lead to all kinds of problems and forced solutions and things that might make it worse. Um, you've, ju- you've just said something really important. Uh, please elaborate yeah. on the, something inside yourself that connects with something rather specific that's the same in the external world. What, what yeah. is that for? What is that for you? What that is for me, as I've identified it so far, um, would be the idea of um, moving beyond the conventional enemies that we tend to create um, and instead thinking of freedom as not being freedom from something, but freedom to be who you um, who you, kind of who you're meant to be, who you are. Um, and some of the material that both you and uh, Michael Mead mentioned, uh, mythologist Michael Mead mentioned in my movie, alerted me to that. Uh, the value of, of, okay, we've done various kinds of things um, scientifically that have, that have been uh, maybe reductionistic and zooming in on things, but now we need to see uh, the broader connections, get a bigger view of things. And I think uh, when we're looking in more of a reductionistic way than, or a myopic way, then uh, we're too limited and we don't see these bigger connections. Um, so I think one of the one of the ways that I identified with it personally was just the fact that I jumped. I, I made a leap to do this movie was my way to be free to do something that was inside of me and was moving away from the free to be free from, say, free from you know, uh, adolescent type stuff, you know, old complexes or wounds from childhood, whatever you want to call some of that stuff, uh, kind of being wrapped up in that and constantly, I think we can get caught trying to constantly defeat those things or, or stay in a victim kind of place rather than, uh, saying, okay, enough's enough here. And, and if there's some inspiration comes along, like to do the movie, then gee, maybe it's time to jump and just do that and not be so wrapped up in, in the old stuff. Oh, that's good. So you, this was a statement of your trying to escape from the prison of your past. This was a, you, a get out of jail thing uh, where you weren't just fighting the old enemies, but trying to get out there and see the new territory. One of the things that you said that I'm trying to get to is that your inner work, the way you're doing it and the way you suggested others do it is not come up with not 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 present your work to somebody to other audiences um, as something different from what you've learned but something very connected to what you've learned so it stays authentic what is it that you're trying to convey to other people through your movie um i would i, I think everybody's going to kind of want to pick up whatever speaks to them. I mean, I think that's true whenever I tell a story, whether it's a fairy tale or any kind of story. Um, this is where it gets kind of subtle and um, delicate in the sense that I don't want to come across in some uh, sort of forceful way that says this is what you should get specifically, but rather um, I might point a little bit or, or talk about some things symbolically, but ultimately say to a person, what is it? that grabs you about this story or grabs you about the the situation? What kinds of uh, hunches have you had? What kind of dreams have you had? Have you been paying attention to those kinds of things? And to uh, trust let's, enough to jump what, and do, uh, let's do get, those let's, things. Let's continue with the those responses you get from your audience in our next segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and our guest is David Strabelon. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. 
the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is David Strabola, who is the director, producer of the great movie, What is Synchronicity? Which is a great question. What is it? He's tried to answer that question. And we're talking now about the effects on his audience since the movie came out a couple of years ago. Uh, Just like stories, people pull out their own meanings to them. so it is with the movie, uh, What is Synchronicity? Uh, that there are lots of different ideas in that movie presented by different people. And I'm just curious, David, some of the, some of the kind of uh, memorable responses you've gotten from audiences, ones that you didn't expect. Um, well, uh, I remember one person when it premiered out in uh, Los Angeles uh, said it blew it blew their mind, and uh, I I, did, I hesitated whether to, to ask much more than than that. But uh, sometimes it's short remarks like that. It's things about uh, that they want to see it more than once in order to really um, integrate more of the material because there is so much there that's new and different in terms of um, imagination and and kind of adjusting our mental. Uh, uh, viewpoint of things, of reality, uh, not taking things so literally. So I think it, it kind of comes in that area. Um, and well, well, let, let's yeah, let's yeah. pick out one segment in there, one that okay. you particularly like. One per, one person talking, uh, one one person's stories, because there's a lot of stories. Like in the movie, you had one person talking about uh, a a bird, uh, and that bird flew over him. A bird flew over him, just that bird he was talking about, as he was talking about that bird symbolically. Yeah, that was Michael Mead, and uh, that was an amazing experience because uh, that bird did fly, uh, couldn't have been more than, I would say, 10 feet off the ground, and we're sitting outside in chairs, and it just went right over the top of our heads um, and then circled back around within probably two or three seconds of him talking about that idea of noticing birds of prey, and uh, in particular that fly 
by it, especially in unexpected moments, and that that can have a certain uh, kind of confirming value to whatever it is you've been thinking uh, or talking about. So yeah, it was it was that was an amazing story right there of how that happened. Um, There's another one where a young woman was talking about a car accident she was in and trying to derive meaning from that, and how it could have been worse if she hadn't had her seatbelt on, and she just happened. She normally didn't put her seatbelt on. She just happened to kind of follow a hunch to put it on or, or kind of a whisper inside of her. And we were, we were talking about that. And she, I said, do you have an explanation for it or a particular meaning? And she talked about how she thought maybe it was her grandma or grandpa that had sort of whispered it to her. She, they had died uh, years before. And uh, just as she said, grandpa, a car was driving by. We were, I was interviewing her on the side of the road where the accident occurred. And just then a car went by and hit its horn twice in perfect timing with her saying grandpa. And it was, it couldn't have been more precise. And at the time I, I thought, well, I, you know, I wish that car you know, person hadn't done that because I knew it would be picked up, but it, but it was in such perfect timing when I got back to the editing room, it was just, it became a synchronicity to kind of punctuate uh, the possible meaning there. And what's the, and for your audiences, with, with the bird of prey being talked about and flying overhead at the moment the bird was talking, I think it was a hawk, right? I think uh, I think it was a raven, actually. A, ra- a raven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A raven. A raven being talked about and a raven flying overhead at the same moment. Uh, that's uh, to me, that's closer than two honks, um, yeah. which is more generic compared to grandpa. So mm-hmm. the, the hawk one uh, that, that you would get in two instances, coincidences recorded in the film, and particularly the Hawk one is is the more outstanding one because the parallel is so close. Mm-hmm. What did what did uh, Mead make out of it? What did you make out of the Hawk flying there? I mean the ra- the ra- the Raven flying there. And what did some of your audience think about it? Um, I, I think it was it was really a, a point of laughter. Uh, we, we it just made a smile, and I think there there's great value sometimes simply in that. Uh, I don't know that there was a whole lot of other deeper meaning other than it just kind of validated what he was saying. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you can kind of wonder, um, uh, did it? Um, isn't it cool that it showed up? just as we were filming, you know, like it wanted to be in the film or something. Um, so I don't know. It, it's one of those things I didn't, I, I think some synchronicities are entertaining and make you smile. And just that uh, can be enough. I, I didn't take it a whole lot further than that, uh, other than just the idea of paying attention to, to birds and paying attention to the background might be a, a way to amplify that, that uh, there are things going on in the background a lot of times that we miss that can validate or give information that's helpful. Oh, that's good, too. That's good, too. Um, here, here we're talking about um, uses of coincidences. And and one of them is definitely entertainment. Uh, they, some of them are are really funny, um, and some of them are have aesthetic qualities to them, uh, just make you feel good. Um, and then then there is like uh, questioning about um, what it might mean, uh, and meaning has lots of different meanings to it. And one of the meanings that you that this bird story tells me that your audience should get from that instance, that story right there, is to pay attention to the background. Because part of what you're doing and what I'm doing is trying to increase people's sensitivity to coincidences that are already happening around them, but they haven't noticed. So once they start noticing to notice when they start paying attention, they're going to see more of them. And that is a wonderful message from that, uh, that, uh, Raven story of yours. Yes. And, and it has to do with how we've, uh, tend to take things very literally and when we can begin to see how the background and foreground are connected and in fact kind of uh, flip them in a way that you might with some optical illusion you know maybe you know there are different ones that people have seen like uh, the two lamps that look like the profile of two faces or an old woman that looks sometimes like a young woman depending on whether you look one way at it or another way uh, to practice um, being aware of both and being able to 
connect them at a certain moment, uh, I think is is one way to kind of have your antenna out or to have receptors built up inside yourself to notice these things. And it, it provides a lot more meaning and connection and trust than as, as you practice that, in my experience, uh, that um, can help ease anxiety and just kind of give more confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, my producer is going to be happy that you brought up the, the, the profiles of the faces, uh, sometimes looking like a vase and sometimes seeing the face mm-hmm. uh, or a lamp, uh, mm-hmm. because that image will be on um, the website that he's producing uh, for the seven coincidence songs that are based on stories from my book. (laughs) A little coincidence that I brought that up then. I had no idea. It came right out of you, right there. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, he's, we're working on that website. And the album of, that, uh, of, those, of those songs will have that on it, too. That's, a, that's our main logo thing uh, for, for the website and for the song. So that's, that's, that's a nice, delightful, ongoing little ongoing coincidence here, because <laughs> uh, that's going on right now. But mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go back to the birds, um, because... I think what that story should also tell your audience, not just to laugh, and we laugh when we're uncomfortable too, when we put the, when two things come together that are don't fit together, and somehow we see something that we didn't see before, uncomfortable because we didn't know, and there's a message in that in that bird flying around there, as, as I see a bird flying around in my window, but that they're 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 trying to tell us something. Um, those birds are are more connected to us psychologically and spiritually than we recognize. They're they're part of our mind. We are connected to the birds around us and the birds are connected to us and they're they like to play with us and they like to be around uh quite often i think as many reports uh when people are going through grief for example birds show up um the and there's lots of stories of those um of of birds being spiritual messengers that try to try to tell us as you were implying or saying that things are can be better uh, it's really not as bad as you think they are the birds can make us feel that way as many coincidences can and this bird wants to be in the movie why does this bird want to be in the movie what's he trying to tell us <laughs> You got me. I, I, I would say, I would say just to pay attention, um, and uh, that maybe we need to connect more with imagination. I mean, it has. It's a bird flying up above us, so it, it's a way of elevating, um, you know, our deeper thoughts or deeper connections with the other world. Oh, that's so, good. That's good. Yeah. So those those are all ways that we can begin to go with it. And you know, if I could mention, there was another little synchronicity as I prepared to do a talk last week um, in uh, Missouri at the NASW Missouri chapter. There's an annual symposium I spoke at. Social and, worker, National Association yeah, of Social Workers. Social Workers. Yeah. And um, it was about three weeks before I was going to give this talk, and I, I happened to stumble upon a framework that really helped me. Um, for some reason, I decided to visit Michael Mead's website again. It's mosaicvoices.org, and he had posted a new uh, audio program online I hadn't heard before, and it was from the 1990s with him and uh, James Hillman. And they were talking, uh, the title of it is Myth in the Age of Psychology. And, and they did a, a wonderful job uh, talking about three different frameworks. Uh, basically, the one is the, the literal uh, that we're most used to, the measurable, the, the tangible uh, reality. Uh, so that's represented by the number one. And we're, then we're going to go back to those, those three different uh, elements in our next segment. Okay, great. We're coming, coming to the end of this one. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network with our guest. David Stravela, producer and director of What is Synchronicity? You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 
15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www. Well, welcome back to CC with BB and our guest, David Strabola, producer, director of the movie, What is Synchronicity? And you were talking about the Michael Mead website, uh, Mosaic, and, and the three elements. Would you start with the first one again, please? Yeah, the first one is represented by the number one, and um, it is simply called the literal uh, viewpoint of reality. So that's what we're used to. That's pretty much what we call reality. It's concrete, it's measurable, tangible, that kind of thing. Um, and there's not a lot of tension with that. It's kind of like what you see is what you get kind of attitude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then when you move to the number two, then you have duality coming in. Yeah. So with number one, you might have the facts with the number two, you've got how you feel about the facts or what perspective or reflections you have about the facts or uh, the arguments that you can get into with another person or what have you. So, so then you have increased tension with the number two. And then number three is the one that we have probably the least connection or affinity for. In fact, we've probably denigrated it mostly. Uh, that's the world of mythology or mystery. And uh, there, you know, that's where, you know, things are, we just, it's hard to connect with. It's hard to, to trust or believe in that, in that part. But I tend to think of it as um, a little bit like rock, paper, scissors, that it's so needed, even if we don't know what it's about, we need to still, it's so important for it to be there because it, it kind of provides a triad where, where a, it can become a cycle where one uh, is better than another, but another one is better than that one. So um, we, if we're stuck in the literal, then we need the dual, the number two, to kind of break out of that. And if we're stuck too much in two, we need the uncertainty or the mystery of three to come in. And that's where synchronicity would come in, would be with the number three. But then we can get too crazy about that, too. We can go too far and, you know, get into what you called apophenia, where you're seeing patterns that don't really exist. And then you need the concrete. Then you need the literal to come back in to kind of uh, balance that out. So they, they become a, a cycle, an interdependent cycle. And, and the, the, the deal is to just be aware of, of uh, potentially the value of all three and where you might be stuck. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, 
that leads us to number three a little further. Let's go into that and say that we can do, um, we're not doing number one, uh, the concrete and uh, the, the one that keeps our feet on the ground or even attention uh, as number two suggests. But you're, you've gotten more into imagination. And mm -hmm. I wonder if you might talk about uh, imagination and another interesting idea from you is, um, is how does seeing ourselves more connected uh, help us be more free? Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, I think imagination uh, is something that I think many people would say comes from the other world. Um, it comes from maybe deep within us. It's unexpected. Um, it kind of shakes up whatever ways that we are stuck in the, in the one or two worlds. Um, so it shows up in dreams. And so, you know, how much do we pay attention to that and work our dreams? It shows up in sudden hunches, intuitions, uh, synchronicities, instincts, uh, all of that. It, it kind of shakes things up and brings something that you just couldn't have imagined uh, would have um, helped the situation. Um, and I think that's that's where we are a lot as as far as many of the problems we have and with so many conflicts about how to solve uh, various societal problems, um, it's more likely that these solutions are going to come from uh, more the third world, so to speak, uh, or the, uh, the the imagination. And um, so right now we're kind of caught with, you know, taking sides on certain things. I try not to take sides too much about anything, but in, in the sense of holding that each side has a certain truth, even if I might lean one direction, um, I, I don't get, I try not to plant myself too heavily on any one side um, because I think we're kind of powerless. A lot of the things we think are going to work probably won't. Uh, um, uh, we're probably really dealing with second order change, not just making small adjustments to the current situations that we're in. So that, that comes from the other world, I think. What's, what is second order change? So, uh, second order has to do with uh, not just changing uh, some of the little rules of the current game that we're in, but changing the nature of the game. Or another way to think of it might be to change the container. Uh, to use a New Testament reference, there was uh, uh, the image of with new wine, you need new wineskin. Um, and so we need we need new container. We need a new um, mindset, you might say, or and that goes with the background um, that uh, it's not just a matter of changing a few things and uh, in the foreground or changing the rules of the current game. So it, it may be it, it's might be analogous to uh, Joseph Campbell talking about we need a new mythology and it's on the way but we don't really know what that is yet um so uh, we're, we're living with that uncertainty i think one of the images he put up about it was to see earth from space you know to see things more holistically is probably where things are headed uh but again we're not there yet so i'm i'm fascinated with uh the possibilities of helping to uh, create or uh, birth whatever to whatever extent we can what what that is that that's coming next as far as a, a more holistic or world view that's that's bigger than the ones that we currently have that, um, that are really becoming obsolete and and how is your movie helping create a new container um, I I would uh, offer that it um, lets people uh, imagine it gives so many examples of stories and of the value of not just how you, uh, you can use synchronicity but how it wants to use you how how it wants to help you transform into more of who you really are so it's a mutual thing it's it's thinking in terms of reciprocity uh, which you know gets into the the world of two and uh, you know that's a good first step to then make the leap into the third one, which Michael Mead describes as a place where you are attracted to go, but you're also scared about it. It's kind of the uncertain unknown, and it's got both of those qualities of you kind of want to go there, but it's scary. And and that's usually exactly w what you need to do. Uh, that's probably what fits for you. So they're all, uh, he says there are all these new edges kind of out there with art and technology or uh, health or various ways that are waiting for us and uh, it's a matter of each person kind of doing what speaks to them and if enough people do that then uh, the culture is is recreated once they take what they've learned and bring it back to the center.
finding out what speaks to you is a problem. Now, a lot of people don't know how to listen to that inner voice that directs them to what they should be doing. But that's what I think is going on, David, is that yeah. lots of people, increasingly number, uh, increasing number of people are trying to find out what is their mission here. What mm-hmm. they, They're here as one as my college student said, I'm here. I don't know how I got here, but there's something I got to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that finding that something I got to do is is what they're looking for. And I think synchronicity helps with that. But I was in, I was interested in your um, use of the, the idea that synchronicity uses you, mm-hmm. uses me. What, what, tell them, what do you mean it uses you, uses me, uses us? Uh, well, I think that goes back to um, the ancient idea that Jungians also picked up on, which is kind of called the acorn theory, that we there's kind of a, a telos, T-E-L-O-S was the Greek word, uh, or a teleology of uh, what we're sort of meant to be. Now, we don't like that idea maybe in the West because we think that's too much predetermination. Uh, it isn't that, uh, but it has to do with we come in with maybe a certain um, – predilection or uh, story or song that we're meant to, we're attracted to live out. Maybe that was arranged before we got here. So those are old ideas that that are probably, may not sit well with some people, but I think the more that people can explore them, uh, to me they make sense anyway from not, not in a moral, not in a typical logical sense, but kind of a spirit logical sense uh it you know and and so i and i found that in my own life that there is something that wants to unfold within me that i think i brought into the world in a sense so the more i live the more i experience that and and um i think that that potential is there and um so if we can allow that so the synchronicities kind of want to nudge us to open up to to flower um, rather than us manipulate things so much. So uh, that, that, mm-hmm. that we, we have, uh, about two minutes left, David, and mm-hmm. I, I'm still wanting to go back, not how, how synchronicity helps us open up. I think that's very true to our, our, our calling. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, this is my job on earth to do this coincidence business. That's yeah. That's that's I just what I got. What are you doing here, Bernie? Well, this is what I'm doing. I'm, yeah. This is what I'm doing. But the idea that synchronicity uses me is what I'm asking you about in this last minute. Mm-hmm. Syn- um. Well, um, I'm <laughs> I'm thinking about how else to say that. Um. It, you, it, it helps it's me the, be myself, yeah, but yeah, I, it's, it's a thing itself now, almost the way you said yeah, it. There's, um, uh, maybe the question would be like this, that uh, are we breathing life or is it breathing us? You know, uh, if you just focus on our breath, we do, do that mostly unconsciously, but yet we can do certain things to affect our breath if, we're, if we try to focus on that. But so life is both living us and we're living life. It's, it's the idea that it's mutual. So these things might come along to kind of remind us or nudge us about who we really are. Um, and what our connections and maybe our contracts are. Well, uh, we, we're coming. We're coming to the end of this, and and you're sliding away from what you, I thought you said, and we're going to end in a bit. Um, but I just got the idea that synchronicity is using me. It's kind of a, a, like in the duality role, mm-hmm. and and I'm going to think about that more. Uh, we've come yeah. to the end of our show, and you've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast network and our delightful guest today is director producer david strabola of the movie what is synchronicity thank you bernie Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. 
there is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.